Welcome to The Truth in His Art Beyond, and we're in Philadelphia. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, it is my pleasure to be in conversation with my next guest, who is a registered dental assistant and the owner of Sweet Peach Studios, which offers an array of services such as temporary or semi-permanent tooth jewelry, removable caps and grills, and um, safe whitening services. Please welcome L. Stankevich. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you. One of my ex-friends is Polish, and I was like, hmm, what is your real name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what is this? My studio is over by Port Richmond, too, which is the Polish part of town. So, oh. yeah, yeah. I feel like there was Happy a lo- to be here, though. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you here. Um, this is, in a sense, a long time coming for me, because mm-hmm. um, I, I did an interview with Sam, and it, I, that was when I first became aware of your work. Mm. And I was like, all right, me and Sam, similar size, bearded. Large, bald. He's the best. <laughs> he's a, he's a talented musician. Yeah. I, I do a podcast. He was one of the first people in my studio that I opened in September that came in, and I loved his opal piece, and it really came together well. And yeah, he's cool with the music and everything. So yeah. shout out to Sam. That was that was the um, reference point I was showing. I was talking to my partner, and I was like, "Yo, I'm getting what he got." Yep. And she was like, "He looks like a white version of you," and I was like, "Ah, ah, ah." <laughs> So, you know, again, thank you for, for being on the pod. And let's talk about the vital stats, right? Yeah. Um, you know, tell us about your work, your background, and then we'll, you know, go into a few other questions. But I'd like to at least start off there. Yeah, sure thing. So, you know, you already covered that I had a career in dental, but I grew up in Philly and um, I'm out in the suburbs right now. But I've traveled and I just love Philly as my home base. I'll always come home. But growing up here, always kind of being a creative and around 18 getting into the dental field, that kind of took up my career over the last 10 years. And honestly, I never saw myself leaving. I loved the medical field. But at the same time, I think it was mainly because I didn't really have a vision of what else is there? What else could I do? Mm -hmm. And after the pandemic, everybody was burnt. And especially, you know, I worked at Penn for a while and uh, after being burnt out and it really all started because I wanted a tooth gem and I'll get into that. But one thing led to another and I'm blessed to be where I am today. So, you know, it was a quick decision. I probably about a month. I said, all right, I'm out, wrote up my letter of resignation. Yeah, but I, I definitely want to learn a little bit more about that. Um, so if you will, tell us about because I'm very interested in that first creative experience, some of those early creative experiences, because I think we find something there. Yeah. Like, you know, I, some people will talk about like, man, I remember going to this art show or I remember going to a carnival for sake of argument and I saw this costume and now I make costumes Love or what it, have yeah. you. So what was sort of that maybe first um, creative experience that maybe connects to what you're doing today, whether it be through sensibilities or actual the process? I would say that my first like dots that I can remember that were connected with I was close with my uncle growing up, and he was always into drawing. I got into drawing at an early age, and my dad was always supportive about getting me into different stuff. Like, I remember he bought me, like, a rock tumbler. We would do sand art, anything you can imagine. So from a kid, I was really into drawing, which went through school. I was always more of a visual artist Mm. um, to whereas I know some people are writers and so forth. But... In high school, I was mainly taking art classes, got really into oils and paints, and was doing really well, was in art shows, uh, went to Moore College. Mm -hmm. And overall, 
it kind of fell out once I started working full-time within the medical career. I would always find myself like every once in a while doing a pet portrait for something and doing something for somebody, but never really like finding that energy to stay with it for my own enjoyment. Yeah. So falling out of that and falling into it now just feels so good. It feels like I'm really in my roots again, you know? So, so speaking of, of those roots, and, and thank you for, for sharing that. Mm. Speaking of those roots, like... How 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 is it jewelry? Let, let's talk about that because it's yeah. like you're combining like yeah. two two things, sort of the creative sensibilities and that desire. And, and I guess I'll throw in anecdotally, I suppose. Um, for me, I got burnt out at about 24. Yes, I was like, "What am I doing? What, what is life? This can't be life, bro." Yeah. And I remember distinctly at like a birthday dinner. Just like man, maybe I was low faded. Man, y'all my y'all my mastermind team here, and I was like, that's a good name for a podcast, and that's literally how I started in podcasting, Love like it. at, at, at the rip. And but at the time, I was trying to take this sort of marketing career, this marketing analyst career. That's what I was doing, and making a lot of money, doing mm-hmm. very well, um, and feeling satisfied in that regard. But I don't know how much of it was was me. And yeah. I think being able to find our voices, being able to to dive into what interests us is really important. So that's, I think, the, the trigger or the mm-hmm. button that was pressed. And I was like trying my hardest to bring in some of these, you know, smaller, weird, creative things into the job and see if they would mesh. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't meant to be in that sort of way in that configuration. So I started living this sort of dual lifestyle of hey, creative in the evening, work during the day, and it's almost... so long you can keep up with it. Right. And, and I think I think a lot of artists can relate to this, right? I felt like the day job was the funder for the creative lifestyle. Yeah. The day yeah. job was the grant. And once I let that go, I'll tell you, the, the abundance, uh, wealth-wise, yeah. financially, people, um, relationships, just fl- I had more room to fit all these things in my life, you know? So... Um, no, yeah. So can we edit I, the, that out? No, 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 no. We keep it authentic. Here. Okay. okay. Uh, so, so why, why jewelry ultimately? Jewelry, jewelry. So it's funny being in the dental field. You kind of, and I know people feel this way about me, but you're kind of like, what are you doing to teeth? You're not, you know, what are you doing out there? So I saw it a few years ago, and I was just kind of like, what the hell is that tooth gem thing? Last, uh, actually, no, not so December 21, I wanted a tooth gem, and that's literally how it started. So I have a friend who's a tattoo artist. She's like, why don't you do them here? I have another friend who's a photographer. She put the word out for me. And my first two days were jam-packed. I mean, when I tell you people jumped on that so fast, I left my job 30 days later. Wow. I knew that I knew that I needed something else. And um, I had my father pass away, too, around that time. And I was just, like, ready. I was like, I feel like I just need to take a leap of faith. Mm. But how can you leave that biweekly paycheck for 10 years behind without being a little scared? Yeah. But sometimes it's worth taking that leap. And then... As far as gold teeth coming into the mix and jewelry regarding that, that was just by proxy and demand. Of course, I was always looking into expanding, but when I, like as soon as I hit the ground, people were like, Where the, where's the grills? Where's the gold teeth? <laughs> and I said, I don't know how to make all that. I had one client come through one day, and she's like, oh, just send out. So I have a wonderful jewelry uh, jeweler in Brooklyn who works with me right now, and I'm actually working with another jeweler in Philly to learn how to make my own. Yeah. One thing led to another again, starting the whitening. So 
I love it because I get to be creative. And also working with my clients and their preferences, we come up with really unique things every single time, and I just love it. I really don't even have the vision until it's done. A lot of the times for freestyles and stuff too, I'll just be going, I'll pick out gems that may be their favorite color, and then they say, go for it. And I'm, I'm pleased with that, you know? <laughs> So I have a lot of fun doing it. And I think the inspiration comes from having fun, yeah. comes from the demands and people you meet along the way. But I absolutely love doing this. I used to do like, you know, like the wire wrapping and stuff like that. So when it was a smaller scale, you know, you get the couple things from Michaels, but I've always been a jewelry wearer, jewelry buyer. And I love this little niche because I have a friend who does gems uh, north of the city like Warminster, but there are a few people in Philly who do them with lashes and uh, mm. cosmetic tattoo, but I think that I have a leg up, or I know I have a leg up having the dental background, and Absolutely. I have a lot of people come through for that reason. So it's nice also being able to sit down with somebody and explain to them the semantics about getting a gem and why this and why that and mm -hmm. how my products work and being able to really talk to them about these things with a sure footing knowing makes me feel good and makes my clients feel comforted too, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, Vitaly? What's that? Is that Vitaly? Lapis. Uh, okay. Lazuli. Okay. Huh? <laughs> I was going to be talking a lot today, so uh, I needed this little, you know. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I look at some of the pictures that I have. Um, just when I go, I have this one ridiculous, like, really heavy chain from Vitaly, and it connects, like, right there. This? Yeah, yeah. H&M. Okay, okay. <laughs> So I remember, I remember going into one of my favorite restaurants in, in Baltimore, and the owner pops over because she she loves what I'm doing. Uh, shout out to Alma Cocina, and um, Irena comes over there, and she's like, "What is this chain? Why is it so heavy?" And I was like, "Look, man, that's, that's what I throw on, man. This is this finery, you know." <laughs> yep. And I started looking at it, and my, my partner, she was like, "All right, Thanos," because I had like five rings on one hand. She's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. "This is what you're turning if into." If I didn't wear gloves all day, I'd be decked. You know, I wear what I can. <laughs> And um, yeah, so you Love know, I, I think I was saying like every time I hit a hundred episodes, it's a new ring. She's like, "Oh my god, get it!" She's yep. like, "You're coming up on another milestones," one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming up on another ring too. You know it. <laughs> um, so go, going back and, and making that decision, that leap of faith, right? Mm -hmm. What What were some of the like those sort of concrete like factors you you were con considering? Like what sort of considerations that were there as far as you know, you have security at a at a job or what have you, and you know, healthcare and things of that yeah. nature. And then when, because I think that's a lot of things that keep people in that sort it of dual sure lifestyle. And so, so talk about that. Some of those considerations and the feelings leading up to like, no, this is this is on borrowed time. This yeah. dual lifestyle is on borrowed time. I'm fortunate enough, and I know not everybody's in this position. My healthcare, of course, and I also had health issues while I was at Penn. Healthcare was a big thing for me. Being fortunate enough to be married, I hopped on my husband. So that was an easy, easy jump for me. The rest of it comes, that aside, you know, I want to say confidence, but with a lot of self-doubt at the same time. Mm. Um, I was scared, but I was sure, you know, in myself, in my future, and also like seeing the money the first two days that I did that first month. I mean, it was like three times my check at Penn. So I was like, this is... This could be something. Yeah. And I was in my own studio nine months later, but each day that I worked, had clients, met people, people were coming to my living room for six months. I mean, this is what made me confident. My clients leaving with a smile. And I'm a very like, 
I'm slow and steady wins the race. I'm yeah. happy to take all the baby steps to see the bigger picture later on. And that's kind of where I'm at. It's amazing thinking about how I started last January, 2022. So each accomplishment keeps me going, yep. you know, and big or small. And I've worked my way up to working with uh, Atmos, which is like a streetwear company in mm -hmm. Philly. I've done brand deals with Jordan the Sneaker. Nice. So once these things start rolling in and you make room for them and you believe in your blessings, they just, they come, you know? Yeah. And I know that's way easier said than done. I've had slow weeks and uh, business credit debt and you just take the leap, you take the punch and uh, I just believe it'll come back. Of course, it's not always easy. Over the winter, it's been slow, but I've had saving graces such as the gold teeth and whitening. I think people will start rolling in for gems in the summer, mm -hmm. but you got to roll through the punches with those things. And I'm kind of the person, like, once I get something done, I am like, okay, what's next? When my husband's like, why don't you just lay down and pat yourself on the back? And I'm like, all right, well, it's done. What's next? You I, know? I, I get the same, I get the same thing where it's like, yo, you got a coffee. Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, yo, you got this, this, and this going on. And these are things that you, you shot for, or you're still doing this and able to one, have people recognize you and speak to you. Currently, you're in multiple markets. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes there is this thing that there are highs and lows in any pursuit, right? Mm -hmm. And we almost diminish the highs to focus on the lows because you have this, at least I know I do, and I know a lot of folks do, this sort of constant desire to, I've never done enough. I haven't mm -hmm. done enough. And I think Fear social- Fear-based thinking. Yeah. Gets I, you into trouble. And I think social media has a piece of it. Yeah, you know, for where sure. You look at what someone else is doing. You're like, why are they so great? You know, why why can I get that or what I have think you? I'm the opposite at this point. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> say more. Say more about that. You know, I definitely felt that way when I first started, but now I'm like, people are the ones that come to me in the way that I used to go to people asking questions and just saying I love your artwork. I get people from all over the world asking me like, do I teach? And da da da. These are things that I'm considering offering over the summer. Yeah. Um, more of a refresher again. Being a dental background, I'm afraid to go hard with people who may not have that because I can't guarantee they're going to go buy the safest products when they leave. But I have ideas for that. And, uh, yeah, so, like I said, the abundance rolled in, baby. And now I feel like I'm at a spot where I can make requests and mm. I can be an inspiration. And don't get me wrong, I'm inspired every single day by myself, by other people. And I think that's where the relationship with other creatives in my field especially is important um i'm not somebody who feels super i mean i'm competitive for the right reasons but mm -hmm. even the person in warminster we're good friends um i have a few gem friends in new york and we're always up and talking to each other hyping each other's work up if we have questions like i had this new gold piece over the summer that was new from my uh dealer for them and it didn't fit right. It kept falling off. I kept buying new ones. And I said, guys, like, what the heck is with this gem? And they're like, it's too big. It's not laying flat for me either. So being able to have that, mm -hmm. not feel ashamed that your work isn't perfect all the time and not be looked down on. So community. But now I feel in a place where, you know, I can offer help to people as well. And uh, dare I say, I feel like I run the Philly game when it comes to tooth gems and gold teeth. Is there anybody else? <laughs> let, me let me know. Let me know. Never lost. <laughs> Who are they? I don't know who they are. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, the gem, John. That's, <laughs> that's, that's great. And, you know, I, I have those vibes every night. Because I'm, I'm a cusp, right? Yeah. I'm a Capricorn Aquarius cusp. Oh, we can talk about that all day, yeah. honey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And 
whenever it comes to like some of the choices and the strategy and the yeah. vision, all Aquarius, right? Yeah. But when it comes to the petty clapback, it's all Capricorn. Yep. <laughs> It's just like, what? You don't know who I am. Yep. Or um, even this thing I've been on sometimes, like, I'll use, like, other comparative sort of um, creatives and, and actors and, and um, different um, artists and such. And I was like, you know how actors, you know, don't audition anymore? I don't need to audition for this. So I, you know, that's where I'm at a little bit now. And with that Aquarius, too, I have that as, in my chart as far as purpose. And it makes you great with working with people. Mm -hmm. It makes you wonderful with working with people. And me being a Taurus, that's that step-by-step -step slow pace, you know. So it really takes that and that balance, that balance between both. You need that side to protect yourself. You need that side to keep going and mm -hmm. keep that confidence. Ego is good. We're here. We're humans. We're having a human experience, which comes with ego. It's about balance, not elimination. You know how yep. people say like, oh, kill the ego. No, you're here. We're living a life. And it's about keeping it in, you know, in balance and check. I want to, you know, and I'm putting this out there. This is probably the first time this has ever been said in public, right? I want to have a book of me being a fake philosopher. <laughs> that would be great. Have drinks with your ego. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's something there because you learn something. There's some honesty there. Yeah. I just made that completely up I in my head. I absolutely love it. You know, I think people forget sometimes, and I could come back for an entire spiritual podcast, but <laughs> I think people forget sometimes that we're a soul having a human experience. And with that human experience comes all the range of emotion mm -hmm. and with relationships, with in yourself, all of that like mer mercurial communication and motions, that just comes with being a human. So uh, I think it's beautiful when it really comes together like that, you know? Yeah. I, I want to see that book. You got to send me a copy. Uh, I'm going to make it, I'll make it a thing. <laughs> I mean, my thing always turns into trying to fully see where this vision goes. And I think whatever the vision is, if I'm looking at it at its sort of base root, you know, I'm doing interviews with people, right? Yeah. But then it's like there's an anthrop anthropological sort of standpoint to it. There's a journalism component to it. There's a storytelling component to it. It's all of these different things. There's an archival component to it. It's all yeah. of this different stuff. But really, for me to simplify it, it's like this is what I'm doing. And my sensibilities are baked into it from that standpoint. And being a podcaster as long as I have kind of having is this ability to know how to structure a conversation versus, hey, tell me about your work. You need that. That's very interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. And I think wanting to see what is the, how far one can go with it. So, you know, some folks will say, oh, you're just a podcaster, so this is all you can do. Or you're, you're just a go-to thing, or that's all mm -hmm. you can do. And it's like, not could do much more than that. Yeah. I'm actually and, and already planning a little bit. Right. You know, I, I know that gems are a trend, you know, I don't feel like gold teeth will ever not be a trend because I feel like it's a lot more sincere, but gems used to be popular, popular early 2000s and now they're making a comeback and what can, I can't do this for the rest of my life, but I know now that I can take ideas and create them. And just like you said, all of the little parts and compartments that come with being an artist and staying inspired is really important. And it really all comes together, especially when you want to welcome new ideas into your life. That's something I'm already I'm already thinking about, which is kind of a route where in Philly I'm learning these gold teeth and how to make them myself because I would like to maybe stay in that department. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for my niche. I found this uh, jeweler in Brooklyn who did like Erica Badu's grill, and it was so different. It had like chains coming out, and it may have even been more of like a photography shoot thing, but something like that to where it's like, 
oh, I haven't seen that before. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what's in my core now. Which way am I heading now? And planning for the future, still staying present. I love that. So obviously, you know, having the, the dental background, having this eye for aesthetics, that's, that's what I'm gathering. Um, I was like, so let's talk about the learning curve for being an entrepreneur, because mm -hmm. that's a whole different thing. Like, yeah. I'm seeing that and having the background in that area of like, I went to school for that, right? Yeah. And then now just having to do it in this sort of art entrepreneur space. I'm like, I don't want, don't cross the beams. I don't want to cross <laughs> the two of them, but you know, there's a necessity for it. Um, oftentimes, I'm sure you've heard it, you know, that artist. Oh, they they never keep time. They never keep their books. They never keep any of these things in order. And it's mm -hmm. like until they do. Yeah. So so talk about some of the things you've had to kind of learn and some of the lessons you maybe unlearned and, you know, of what people will tell you about business. Um, mm -hmm. You're always supposed to lose money or you're always supposed to do yeah, this and yeah. so on. And, you know, what are some of the things that you've learned over the last year plus? So, you know, I think that it's maybe even learning. Um, mm. I'm continuously trying to like shape this up, but the main thing that's kept me going is consistency and being human, uh, especially before my studio, rescheduling and certain things like that, life comes up, health things come up, that always stressed me out the most, but the, my end game is just consistency. Consistency with my clients, consistency with my inventory, with my vision, um, just making sure that everything is kind of stacking on top of each other. I definitely feel, again, like my confidence has really kind of brought me somewhere, but it's really shaping always. Um, as far as money stuff goes, again, I took that, and I'm not good with that stuff at all. My husband kind of follows suit with that stuff, but I was lucky enough to really not be in that loss last year, and we'll see where it goes this year, and I'm sure that if need be, I'll handle it. But creating a cushion, saving money to invest back into yourself, not just the keeping the business going. But honestly, like if I had to put it in one word, it's consistency and showing up for yourself. I think it's really important to be the way that you're friends to other people is how you have to show up for yourself. If you made a date with your friend, you're going to show up. If you made a date to do work, to do something for yourself, show up for yourself. And I feel like showing that friendship to yourself really changed your world, you mm -hmm. know? Because sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, I just can't, uh, da, da, da. but really push yourself. And I'm still pushing myself, you know? I, I'm making this sound all pretty, but at the same time, it comes down to the day-to-day -day and just that consistency. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I had a um, I had an experience where I was um, uh, filming you know, background work, but filming for you know a TV show, and you know I was around a lot of like film and media people at the time, and kind of you know gleaning certain pieces of information. I was like, how does one succeed in this? How do they grow from being a being a background person to maybe being a regular background person to you know kind of moving up in that process? And the kind of prevailing thing I got was you're available, mm -hmm. being yep. available. And I was like, this is why this wave and this trajectory has been going so well. And, you know, it's never never always perfect. Yeah. You know, you might be a few minutes late. You might be this. You, you should be on time for that sort of stuff, the call times and all of that. But, you know, you can't do everything. But at least putting yourself out there that mm -hmm. your aspiration is to do as much as you can and do it yeah. authentically and do it you know, like do it because you want to do it. Exactly. That was a big motto for me last year. And we were just discussing how you can't make it to everything. But 
I was just like a yes person last year. Any opportunity I got, no matter how big or small, um, I had a guest spot at a shop in Philly that I found out after didn't have the best reputation, but I still went and followed through, saw my clients, and that worked me up to the Jordan deal, the Atmos deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, towards the end of last year, I was giving myself more time for myself, just being winter and slowing down. But mm -hmm. Just making sure you're saying yes to opportunities, even if it's not perfect or you can't bring the most energy that day or it doesn't turn out wonderful. Um, I was just kind of leaving that gate open for myself last year. And it kind of, you know, I'm here today now. Yeah, yeah here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. So in, in that, on, on the flip of that, how do you distinguish, like, based on maybe the traits of, of folks? Because you learn, right? Mm -hmm who you don't want to work with, who yeah. you don't fit fine. It's like, I don't know if this is a fit. Like, I can say because of maybe what I represent and how I go about my stuff and the sort of reach that it has, yeah. some of the people hit me up in the DMs. Hey, I would love to maybe partner with you. Here's this many zeros. I'm like, I don't know if that fits. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. I was like, we're, you know, dabbling in authenticity. We're dabbling in, like, being a part of the community, not just some weirdo. Yeah, you know? exactly. So... There are certain things like I definitely try to vet who I'm going to work with. Every everything can't be 100, obviously, but you try to vet and see like is there a match here with what my values are and what my scruples are, if you will, versus whatever opportunity to collaborate, whether it be with a guest, whether it be with a potential funder, whether it be with a brand, um, you know, with the, the coffee yeah. thing. So, you know, what sorts of things you look for from like someone potentially to collaborate? You know, bringing your brand that's that's growing and developing you know, into sort of that space? Because everyone wants to jump when you're popping. Yeah, you know, I was actually really trying to think as you were asking me that question. And the first thing that came to my mind was maybe a few clients that I don't want to work with again. But there was one actual, um, there was a company who sells gems. And as far as I'm aware, it's a small company in New Mexico or Arizona down there. And I would buy my gems from them. They were pretty affordable. But the consistency from them was like, absolutely obscene like they would just not send things mm. and not answer and not understand that on instagram you can see when someone's met, read your message and um basically they asked me eventually to be an ambassador for them because i purchased a lot mm -hmm. over the last year and since have switched and i said no i was like i'm not gonna add because uh, a lot of people in the gem community also have had issues with them mm -hmm. so that was somebody that i really couldn't bring on my brand because that's not my values you know it's at least communication is a big big thing as far as maybe having health issues and not be able to get to the post office because that was a scenario as far as i'm aware mm -hmm. um it really comes down to just communication. Just talk to me. Let me know. And I just didn't feel like that was something that was good for my brand, yeah. you know. And then I know my limits with clients as well. Uh, don't really take much disrespect because I don't have to. And I love working for myself. I love owning a business. And, uh, yeah, I know my limits. I'm good with boundaries, to say the least. It's, it's one of those things, like, just, just keep it cute. Yeah. You know it. Because I, I find it really, like, funny, like, in doing it. And I, and, I, and I like all of that because I go about it the same way where there was uh, one interview that I did and the person really wanted to you know be a part of it. And I had some funding attached. Mm -hmm. And the funder was like, yeah, we'd love for you to interview this person. And then this person was really weird and kind of anti-black about some things. And I was like, hmm. side eye. <laughs> so they later apologized, right, Ugh. you know, just publicly yeah. to like a bunch of different people. But then, then in the DMs. 
they had a weird take about me and as a personal take about me. They've never met me. Most people haven't met yeah. me. Yeah. They've been on the pod, but they haven't like met me in person. Red flag, red flag. So I'm like, oh, I'm disingenuous. And then I see all these sort of opportunities. It's like that they, that this person is getting because they fit a certain cohort. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, y'all not vetting. Yeah. You're not vetting these people. It's like these two things together, it's like maybe I'm disingenuous because I'm a black dude or, or whatever. But I was like that coupled with that weird sort of half apology for saying some anti-black nonsense. Yeah. No. Wipe your and, hands clean to that. And it's just like, all right, cool. I'm going to keep it rolling. Yeah. Don't have time for it. But also you do inventory it. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say say this as I think this connects to where, what we're talking about at this point. I remember, um, so like, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and I like Austin Kleon stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things he's talking about was what he does with reviews. You know, he says uh, the bad reviews immediately in the trash, right? Mm-hmm. Good reviews, use it if he needs a little bit of a dopamine hit, but don't dwell on it. Yeah. So. What do you do in that regard when you hear good review, good feedback, just people like, man, I'm sharing this. This is great. And what do you do with sort of not so good reviews? It's interesting. Oh, my God. I feel like I sound so cocky. But I've really had great. <laughs> no losses. <laughs> no, I have. Philly you know, John. <laughs> I, yeah, for real. But I have been blessed to have really happy experiences. I would say the only frustration I've had from people um, was when I was dealing with health issues and I rescheduled a few times. Mm-hmm. And absolutely understand it's somebody's time and I had no issue my feelings were not hurt and I definitely offered them like free work if they ever wanted to come back and whatever whatever but you know getting into less detailed parts of it a fuel if that doesn't sound cliche Mm -hmm. taking it constructive criticism my first couple whitening clients I did recently were all for deals and I said tell me everything afterwards tell me constructive criticism they told me what was comfortable what wasn't Now, that's easy. I'm asking for it. The things that you don't ask for, you can't make everybody happy. And at the same time, you have to focus on yourself. And I like that as far as the good comments, just, you know, taking it for a second and keeping your eye on the prize um, and not letting your head get too, too big. But I have been blessed to have good experiences. I really, really put my heart and my soul into this. And I would say... As I grow and get more attention, I'm sure that there'll be more experiences, mm-hmm. but I'm somebody that, you know, maybe it'll sting for a second because I'll beat myself up. Like, okay, I could have did that better rather than being mad at the person who's saying it. But again, I'm just going to tweak it and move forward with it and try not to let it happen again. Um I feel like there was some frustration with grills one time on uh, time for being mailed back to me. And... It ended up working out, but it was something that I just had to settle with the client and say, hey, I understand. And now I'm more vocal about uh, timelines and when we were expecting things back and I'm more communication, communicative yeah. with them when it's back. And I, so, you know, without getting too carried away, you take it for what it is, good and bad. And I really think that it's just kind of there to help you grow. I mean, you got to roll with the punches, no matter what business you're in. You got to roll with the punches. You got to roll with the punches, and you'll you'll love this because we're in Philly. You got to keep punching. You got to keep punching, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I literally did an interview with the one I was telling you about beforehand. We had to finish in the dance space. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about, I was like, man, when I'm coming up here setting up the mic. So I was like, when I come up here, man, I'm listening to the Rocky soundtrack. She's like, hell yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Please. Oh, my God. I'll meet you on the steps. And I was like, but it's Rocky Four though. She's like, say more. I was like, look, it came out the year I was born, right? I'm going on this whole rant about it. <laughs> I, I always defend that movie. Um, 
And yeah, I, I've, I've had that in a few instances when you're working with multiple people, you're working with a schedule. And, you know, I've had to create different roles within Calendly and all of that stuff just so that I'm not back to back to back. Because mm-hmm. at a point, I like the most interviews I did in a day was like six. Yeah. And That's important. Knowing yeah. your limits. Yeah. And I was able to carry that over from uh, working in a hospital. I'm really good at talking to people chair side. I'm really good at explaining things because I was consenting people for surgery and post-ops and all these things before. So I'm good with that. And I think it's having that clear message to the people that you're working with, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I, I remember one thing that was super odd. Like, no one has any idea what's going on. They just know, you know, what they feel like. And they feel that... At times, and not everyone, obviously, but there's this sort of, I need to advocate for myself. I don't feel like I'm getting a fair break. It's yeah. like, all right, you know, it's not anything goofy in here. I was like, you know how many people reschedule on me? Mm. Or how many people don't show up for interviews? I'll tell you. Yeah, I know that. And, you know, if I'm doing prep, right, if I'm researching. And traveling. Yeah, there's time that's been put in. Luckily, no one is not showing up for these Philly interviews. <laughs> everyone is showing us. So shout out to Philly. Um, but there are some folks who, oh, I'm double booked, bro. I was like, yeah. You've made this date, though. Yeah, I'm really, really careful with that. I know my limits. That's actually what I was leading with last time, yeah. uh, especially working by myself. I I have a good friend who wants to help me this year once I'm in a place to be able to, you know, pay her a little bit more. Um, but overall, just knowing that it's just me, my building's private, I work on the hour, and for things, I'm actually, for whitening, I'm realizing I need to extend my time a little bit. But it's just knowing your limits again and mm-hmm. I've overbooked myself before to the point of exhaustion and kind of wrapping back to what we said in the beginning, having that slow period over winter was hard thinking about like having that scarcity mindset, but it was Mm -hmm. also like a reset that you needed. So sometimes when it's slower, if you won't take that time for yourself and put that time aside for yourself, it's just going to happen. Yeah. I I know that in this sort of batch, because, you know, people, damn, bro, you're so booked up. You have so many interviews. It's like, that's just what it is. And I now, in the calendar, I'll block off, like, a month and a half that I'm not taking any interviews. Good for you. Because it's it turns into a thing where you do too many. Then I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, I had a moment of the, the yips. I don't know if you know the baseball reference of, like, a second baseman can't throw to second base. Okay, got you. I've had that, so I couldn't do an introduction. Yeah. I just couldn't, get, couldn't talk through it. Sometimes by the end of the day, I feel you, especially yeah. like, yeah, by the end of the day, I'm like, wait, did I, what? <laughs> and it's and apparently it's like a sports psychology thing when it comes to the whole yips. And um, you just can't do something that you've done, like almost like breathing. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I need to really analyze this and look through this. But I started thinking about it. You know, um, last year I put out 300 episodes. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And Love it. And then people's like, man, that's a little bit too many. Why'd you do so many? It's like, because I enjoy it. There's 365 days in a year. Yeah, every day, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to do less this year because I'm kind of like riding this myself. This is the vision I'm riding, you know what I mean? And, you know, people have their their moments they want to chime in and give you their sort of unsolicited feedback. But really, it's like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And knowing where it fits. So if it's like, I want to take off... A month and a half, not necessarily to not do anything. It may be. I was just going to say that the background's still there. (coughs) If you're not doing interviews, you're still doing other stuff. What what do they say? uh, You leave your nine to five to work twenty five eight. You know, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like what I find when I'm doing the travel thing, right? 
Like I was in New Orleans. Um, like I love it there. Yes, we're recording this in, in February to date it for everyone. Um, last day of February, but Happy um, Mardi Gras, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was down into sort of the beginning of Mardi Gras season, which is around my birthday, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm down there. I get these interviews and all of that, and almost this sort of guilt because of the the dual lifestyle thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I need to hurry up and get back to the day job because uh, da 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 da. But it's, it's like, hard taking a break. I hear you there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, you know, giving yourself that space, that space and grace. Yeah. And I think what makes that really hard, especially for me, is the way that I have to run my business off Instagram, at least for now. Mm-hmm. I have never been more drained in my life. DMs give me so much anxiety, mm-hmm. feeling like I have, I have like, it sounds silly, but I'll get through my DMs, I'll answer everybody, and then they respond. And then my, my count is another 20 plus that I have to keep going. So I've been fortunate to be able to switch to online booking and emailing, but it doesn't always work. And I think that that exhaustion just from social media alone mm-hmm. has really drained me. I really don't and never really, especially recently, just don't even use my personal one. And I literally took a vacation recently uh, to the Catskills, made sure I did not have service. Yeah. And I was chilling all weekend, like just no phone, not thinking mm-hmm. about who I have to answer. It comes a lot, and that's the stuff you do when you're not in the office. You know, you're always yeah. thinking like, "What do I have to do? What do I have to order? Who do I have to answer?" That type of stuff. It's exhausting. Generally, I would have my laptop with me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I'm just going to go off the phone because I didn't memorize the questions, and I want to have some structure here." But, you know, I I agree with that. When I came up here, I was like, "Okay, I don't have my watch because pretty much anyone can ping me, text me, whatever they need," and I was like. I'm going to have this phone off as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's currently on airplane mode because I don't really want any of sort of the, the bother. You have to give yourself almost this sort of blackout period and almost entrusting with it. Uh, what's, what's the term? Uh, like uh, sensory deprivation when you're I'm coming to your I'm the queen of do not disturb on my phone. I mm-hmm. really am. <laughs> you so, need that unplugging. So I, I think that's the the the... the main questions in the pod. So now I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. All right. All right. Don't overthink these. Hmm. Uh, So here's the first one. Chunky or creamy? Chunky. Okay. I like to crunch. Talking about peanut butter. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about (laughs) peanut butter. Same, same for me. You know, it's just like, look, you know, but sometimes it depends on the jelly. True that, but strawberry only. Oh, boo. Actually, I I, I like strawberry. I need to put great. I'm just over the grape. I like apple. I like. We can get fancy with it, but we can, you know, get into like a deep jelly, the con- yeah. <laughs> deep jelly conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, For another day. What is your favorite color? Purple and green. You did the artist thing right there. I like it. I like it. You're like, yeah. So here's what you didn't ask for: a second one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't make up my mind. Every couple months is changing. I'll tell you. And that's close to Mardi Gras too. If you throw in that gold. True that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Let's see, let's see. Um, some some writers only use certain pens. Some paper cut artists only prefer certain blades. What are what is something related to your creative work that you're specific about? That you're like, I only use this. My products. Um, I use dental grade bonding from dentists that I've worked with before, and it's I'm a get what you pay for gal. So it's expensive, but my products are what I need to create efficient work and mm. a work that will have a good retainment and retention. That's me with these devices as well. Yep. Cut the check, you cowards. No. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for real. Sponsor me. <laughs> uh, what is your current phone background? Phone? Mm-hmm. Oh, background. Oh, James Webb Telescope Space Shots. I'm a nerd for astronomy. So front and back, I got them shots from some of the first uh, pictures it took. Okay. 
This is the last one I got for you. Um, if someone is visiting Philadelphia for 36 hours, so that's a quick turnaround, um, where are three places they must visit? Let's see. Including I, your place, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Sweet Beach Studios. Um, if it's the summer, I like Stru- uh, Spruce Street Pier. If you're a foodie, I like Zahav. And uh, anywhere in West Philly, like Clark Park always has these really cool things going on. West Philly's got a lot of culture, a lot of good food, and a lot of happenings, you know? You can find something any day of the week, for real. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the conclusion, actually, of the the pod and um, in the interview. So I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. It's been a treat. Yeah. And I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can uh, follow you, check out your work, all of that stuff, um, social media, website, TBA, all of that good stuff. Yeah. The floor is yours. Yeah. So you can reach me at Sweet Peach Gems on Instagram. And I have my booking link on there. It comes with a lot. It's a lot of about me. And I also have, which I would like to pay uh, attention to, a couple of links on there just Philly places that we can all support, uh, mutual yeah. aid, community. CBTEL Philly is a great one for supporting black trans youth. I have um, indigenous support, animal support. I mean, whatever you name it on there and just kind of get involved in your community. I have that all touched on there. But in Philly, I would actually like to take a minute Please. to talk about this. But in Philly, it's really important to in any of your communities. But there's like free food fridges. Um, I used to volunteer with Bunny Hop. They give food to food insecure families. Wherever you can, just get involved, you know. So that's basically where you can reach me and where I can point you to. Well, thank you. Yeah. My email and everything's on there, too, so if you ever need to reach me that way. But I'm quick to respond, quick to respond. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Elle Stankevich for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, some grills in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. <laughs>